Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 128, episode 5 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's share consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox News. It's Friday, April 10th, 2020. My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Quarantine, 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 quarantine. Stay home is the answer. Quarantine. That's courtesy of Microbrewologist. I think it's a repeat, but they repeated somebody else's. So, hey, fuck it. Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. I'm eating so much pizza and spaghetti with meatballs. But what I crave is tuna from Subway. And that is all if I found Subway tuna in a sandwich on the ground. I'd risk coronavirus and put that shit in my mouth. Well, I really miss Subway, oh baby. I really miss wow. tuna, you know. Okay, so thank you to Christy Yamaguchi, man. Crispy <laughs> Meme Donut for that sublime-inspired cover. What a sublime AKA. Uh, also, if you listen to the trending episode, you know that sub- some restaurants, Subway restaurants, are now grocery stores where you can go and buy your own Subway ingredients so you could be a sandwich artist at your own home. Subway, sublime. Oh. So good. You'll love uh, to see it. One of these days, I, I think we should do an AKA where you just keep going and it becomes the whole album. Uh, you just oh, wow. go for a full album. AKA. Almost like, yeah, like like uh, what's the going musical on? musical episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. like Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, where it's like actually the whole album is an experience and you don't realize you're like, whoa. I've, <laughs> right. When you, <laughs> man, I, had, I took a college class where the professor for like three days was like, we're just going to listen to this album and like just let, really let it hit you. And is it three hours long, or y'all, y'all just no, no? To but it over? he no, but he was like breaking it the On fuck repeat? down. You know, it was like a Hell full. Yeah. This is like before YouTubers were making like out full on. Like this was an early podcast breakdown of uh, Marvin Gaye. But fantastic class. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented Mr. Michael Swain. Hey, I'm Michael Swain. Thrilled to be here on <laughs> iHeartRadio, uh, a.k.a. Uh, that's just the way it is. Some things are Michael Swain. That's just the way it is. Oh, but don't you believe it. Wow. Never. Wow. I would never believe Thanks it, Thanks to Michael. Christy Yamaguchi, man, for supplying, what, 85% of the AKAs on this show? Always happy <laughs> yeah. to hear a There's crispy so, so many, yeah. I mean, but the choir has brought out many new voices uh, into the AKA oh, sure. chorus. Yeah, it's it's you, you love to see it. We're calling it choir yep, now. Yep. Okay, all right. The choir, you're the boss. I mean, <laughs> that, no, that's what Jamie Loftus started saying, and then that became kind of accepted oh. nomenclature. Yeah, in the, you know, if it's got the Loftus seal of approval, then I'm on board. Definitely, <laughs> choir, choir, good god, jaw, Michael. What's going on? Where are you, man? Where where are you located? Oh, uh, I am currently in the city of Emeryville, near Oakland. Uh, I had to drag the third seat all the way from your studio here. It was a pain in the balls, <laughs> but worth it. We actually moved during yeah. Quar. Uh, like, oh my goodness, yeah, packed a U-Haul because movers were a non-essential service uh, to move all our stuff from LA to SF with gloves, masks, the whole bit. Had to ditch thirty percent of our furniture. It was a whole deal. Whoa. Oh, yeah. But now we're safely ensconced with our one cat in our new house with no furniture. <laughs> but the third hey, seat, the third seat's go. coming in handy. I'm sleeping on the third seat. Yeah. It's our bathroom. <laughs> Good. We eat you off the third seat. You guys ever sleep upright? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why are so many people moving during the quarantine or shutdowns? I feel like every other person we've talked to, really? I feel like I know so I feel like I know so many people that have moved within the last month. It's a bad yeah. idea. I don't recommend it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I, mean, I, took, I guess it's just the timing of things, yeah. Yeah, I took a new gig, so and our lease was up, and so it was just time, and it just didn't work out. It just One didn't work out, you guys. But yeah, yeah, happy to be where I am. 
My cat recently started sleeping with one of its eyes open. It's creeping me the fuck out, but that's my main problem. So I'm pretty blessed. Hashtag blessed. Whoa. That's amazing. So like, is it just resting one half of its brain at a time? I have no idea. A couple days ago, I hope it's not neurological or something grim, but like uh, it keeps one eye halfway open and it does the REM. Like the little slit darts around. Whoa, like like that guy in the X-Files? Or like a Sauron eye. Looking for yeah. you know Frodo <laughs> through the through the brush. So your cat cat just keep an eye out like eye eye captain. Yeah, exactly. I'm not into it. I know she's dreaming about eviscerating small animals, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, all right, Michael, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a Ooh. moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We are talking about uh, just being ready, open for business in May. Just looking forward to the yep. inevitable day when we're open for business. Uh, the, it seems was like, that like the uh, Fausch. Maybe, what, like three weeks? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, three, three weeks. weeks. Come on, man. Right back to normal. I'm not going to put a timetable on it, but come on, man. It's going to be May. And it seems like the Fouch is on board, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Martin Shkreli. Shkreli. Uh, we're going to talk about some early intelligence warning that the White House got. We're going to talk about a journalist who asked Trump about Tiger King. Yeah, We're going to talk quarantine activities. We're going to talk about why maybe some TV doctors should sit this whole pandemic thing out. All of that, plenty more. But first, Michael Swain, what is something (laughs) from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Well, I think uh, initially revealing about how dumb I am is my most recent search history is like five different iterations of how to access Google search history myself. <laughs> I, I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. You have to go to like myactivity.google slash myactivity. It's dumb. Anyway, that's not the one I wanted to bring to the table. Uh, we're my girlfriend and I, while we quar and Netflix are catching up on Better Call Saul, the most recent season. So my search is Michael Mando speaking French because she gets celebrity crushes on a very narrow set of like people that traditionally are niche or like she doesn't fall for your Brad Pitts or even your Keanu Reeves or whatever, but she's super into Michael Mando, who's Nacho on Better Call Saul. And oh, okay. So she was like, uh, you know, orgasming out about him while we were watching Better Call Saul. And I was like, I got to look into this guy. I need to know if this is going to become a problem, if he travels in my circles. Um, No, but anyway, he has a really interesting, like, backstory. It turns out he's Canadian. His first language was French. And uh, he speaks English, French, and Spanish. If you've seen the show, he speaks Spanish a lot on it. Uh, And I was... She was like, him speaking French would be so hot. So we tried to find a video of Michael Mando speaking French in something, and it became tenser than the show because it was this clip from a French movie he's in where this woman's like just yelling at him and yelling at him over a table. It was like eight minutes long. And she would like do this long spiel of French and then look at him and be like, no, no, je sais no, or whatever. And he would just go, And she would like continue again. And we're like, when's he going to get a line in the scene? Eight minute video at, at the very end. He goes, je me peux, and it ends. And we're like, <laughs> so I don't know what Michael Mando speaking French feels like, but I bet it's sexy as hell. That, that's our working oh, theory. Right. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, I, so you said like, ah, uh, my, my girlfriend has sort of strange taste and uh, better call Saul. And I was like picturing Jonathan Banks. But then I looked up Michael Mando. He's, he's like a hot dude. It's not that the, the taste is not that strange. <laughs> yeah. I'd say, okay. So if there's like triple A and double A, she goes for the double A. She doesn't want to have a crush on the one that everyone's going to name. She, I think she takes oh, pride in that. Got it. And she likes to hot guys. Yeah, and so she likes uh, fixating on a little detail. For Michael Mando, it's the uh, the little bald spot in his eyebrow. Uh, really revs her motor. Yeah, a little bald spot on an eyebrow nibbles her elbow. Go a long way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what's something you think is underrated? Stairs. Non-moving mm. stairs. Uh, Non-moving stairs. Got yeah, it. and and. Uh, a, Specifically, stairs that are like a set of four useless stairs that seem pointless, or three stairs in your house. Not counting front porches, uh, because the place we just moved to, it is essentially a single-story house, 
but for some reason, half of the bedrooms are up three sets of stairs, and then there's the ground floor, what I'm calling the ground floor, and then you go down two stairs, and there's this cement-like basement area, and I feel like I live in a mansion. I feel like I live in a three-story. <laughs> so you, yeah, you like live in a three-story estate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like barely what we could afford in the area, and it's not big. But for some reason, the conceptual idea of uh, all my quads are a little sore. I have to go up these three stairs. I'm like, well, oh, now no. I'm in a new space. Yeah, like I could murder someone here. Jen wouldn't even hear me. She's up those four stairs. Do you think it's an addition where like the ground floor is like built on a slab and not a raised foundation? It's like additions to the house is what's causing the multi-level feel? It's got to be. It's 100 years old. So I'm imagining that like half the house sank into the ground and they're like, just throw some (laughs) stairs on that at some point. And now I'm the recipient of that largesse. Yeah. Yeah. Right before. Yeah. The, someone looked at it like, uh, is this thing like just sinking over here? No, 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 no. That's actually the second story that we're building and the the stairs haven't been installed yet. Yeah. It's actually uh, added value. And I also just love the idea of the first time. Like, I love that we decided we looked at slopes, like a sloped, plane to go to the top of a hill that we're like fuck that chop it up i want (laughs) like even gradations uh i don't even know that it's easier to walk upstairs than it is to go up a ramp of the same height yeah stumped you good right wow our stairs there's no way for science to know necessary it's slippery yeah our stairs necessary if it's slippery (laughs) yes but if not if it's if it's indoors on a on a plane that's never going to get wet and you can yeah. adjust the the amount of traction and the friction yeah. levels, then uh, yeah, do know. we it's just do doing we hell on your ankles? Doing hell I on your would ankles. love in the center of my house like a big spiral ramp instead of a staircase. <laughs> <That would laughs> yeah, like great. the Guggenheim Museum. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean the you, Miles, you say hell on your ankles, I say loosen your calf muscles. You know, what, what are we, what are okay, we talking well, about? My here, calves man? are loose. My calves are loose. Don't worry <laughs> Don't, about my calves. Well, you, you do have traditionally, uh, and what, what is famously, uh, some of the loosest calves yeah. uh, out there. What cannibals yeah. would call prized hams. Mm. <laughs> prized hams. <laughs> Uh, didn't want to go. Juicy. Didn't want to go for the beef pun with calves, but okay. No, I don't know why. I just because I look at my leg all the time pun, in the guar, and I'm I'm starting to do that thing like in the cartoons where like you look at a bird and it turns into like a turkey dinner. Yeah, a I calf. Look at my leg. It's like a, a spiral cut ham. A good meaty calf is like a joint of mutton that a video game wizard would like refuel their life bar. With. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like that in perfect. A, in, you just like want bonk. to grab the ankle bone and fucking yeah. bite in. You're, yeah. you're playing bonk on TurboGrafx-16. You're coming right back to life with one bite of this thing. Exactly. The switch. <laughs> hey, what is uh, something that's overrated, uh, Michael? Something that's overrated, and I don't say this just because it's been forced upon me recently, sleeping in the same bed as your partner. Mm. Uh-huh. It's like your significant other. Um, and we do often sleep in the same bed at night, but Brag. I guess the what I'm talking about is, yeah. <laughs> um, quarantine, because she's immunocompromised, so we've been extra special uh, careful about quarantine because I've mm. also had to like run out to do the grocery shopping occasionally or to do like when things were taped last like wrap up shoots for my job. And uh, whenever I come back in, I would like wash all my clothes immediately, everything. And so we're just being careful. And... We also realized that we felt this big hang up because we're crushing it right now as a couple. Like we're doing like everything's so great, but we both felt self-conscious about the fact that it's difficult for us to sleep in the same bed together because A, we don't own a big enough bed and I'm very large. And B, (laughs) I sleep best with loud noise, uh, either like music or a TV show playing all night. King of the Hill or The Office oh, or Malcolm really? in the Middle. Wow. Yeah. And she needs absolute silence because uh, she has like tinnitus, which is what she says. And I can't believe that's the right pronunciation. It's got to be tinnitus, but she says tinnitus. Um, wow. I was in there like, what's that? Yeah, exactly. Right. And <laughs> so I just started 
saying screw it and sometimes sleeping elsewhere, like on our pullout couch or whatever. And the fact that I can, we can both get a full night's sleep benefits our relationship so much that we finally let go of the idea of like, you know what I mean? Is that bad though? Does that mean the romance is gone? Is that the bad so. no, no, couples? No, no. Are we Desi and Lucy? Like, aren't you supposed to sleep in the same bed? I mean, you're fucking, you're unconscious when you sleep. And the and yeah, it, we realize the Venn diagram is like, there's people whose relationships are falling apart and they sleep in different beds, but not all people who sleep in different beds, relationships are falling apart. There's right. not full yeah, overlap. I think that's right. Yeah. So. Oh, brother. Looks like you're sleeping on the couch again <laughs> yeah, tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now yeah. we're... Because it's good for your relationship. Now we're getting two cute little single beds separated by a nightstand, so the sensors <laughs> won't block our live streams. Yeah. I love that I you need TV shows on at a loud volume, but she's the one who has the, the problem. You're like, but it's she needs absolute silence because she has weird, a, right? a condition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. She likes a quiet room when she sleeps. Is that not? It's did a, you guys not grow up blasting like Nick at night to fall asleep? No, no. I, didn't have I a need TV a, in my I room need podcasts for a long time. to fall asleep. Actually, yeah, podcasts work as well. Or I used to be. Yeah. I just I used to need like a light, a night light as a kid, mm. and then once yeah. I started drinking as a teen, I no longer needed a light, a night light. I think that was pretty much the point where I was like, nah, I don't need that little weird little Indiglo plug-in oh, thing man, in the corner yeah. of my room anymore. Well, I'm uh, and, huh. 228 days sober. Thank you, thank you. And hey, uh, which is good for Congrats. me, not throwing shade yeah. at you, Miles. Do what you do. But uh, it is a trip trying to relearn how to sleep, not by taking three shots, because that works. That'll put you to sleep. Right, right. Yeah. And the room can be quiet. Oh, not even to say, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was drinking to fall asleep then. I just, like, it began a new point of, like, a way of sleeping where, like, I would just fall into a bed and it, nothing mattered. Yeah. Um, it make, it's a cheat code. Like, do I need this light? Yeah. Do, it, you're, it, do you know uh, that band, the 13th Floor Elevators? They're, like, a psychedelic yeah. rock band. Like, did you ever see the documentary about the lead singer, Rocky Erickson, You're Gonna Miss Me? No. Okay, so the lead singer of that band, I mean, he was clearly like an eccentric creator sure. and, you know, was dealing with all kinds of shit. But the setup that he used to go to sleep in was like this chair that had all these machines on and like static, like just blasting in his face. It was like the only way he could rest. And when you were like, I have to sleep in a loud room, I was like, oh, my God, you remind me of the, this Rocky era. Like the sound of static blasting at him, like white yeah, noise? Like it Weird. was. He basically had a chaos sound array that he's, he slept in a recliner in front of. Like it was it's the setup is so many machines like stuck together, Weird. blasting sound. It's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like how an alien would sleep to recharge in a cocoon. <laughs> I, uh, it's gone pretty far with me, though, because the latest iteration is I personally imported into like Premiere and then cut out all the intro sequence and credit sequences of every episode of King of the Hill and exported it as a single long video so I can play it on loop because I like King of the Hill because people don't often yell. It's like a steady, normalized yeah. volume to sleep like, to. Right. But the intro theme slaps, so I removed it. So now I just have uncut yeah. people calmly talking and Peggy being like, rah, 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 you know, like you just did. Yeah. What's yeah. like the most yeah. high energy is like con? Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm in the middle, the they scream too much. The ethnic character is the screechy character in the mm -hmm. show. That's true. Played by Toby yeah. Huss, who also plays Cotton, which is crazy range and right. semi-problematic. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. That range. <laughs> he can do he can do a Laotian stereotype and an ageist stereotype. Pretty good. Pretty good. Wow. Uh, finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Um, I'm reading a lot of bullshit studies by scientists that are peer-reviewed and go back decades that say that the human brain can't multitask, and really all you're doing when you think you're multitasking is splitting your focus between two things and switching back and forth and doing each of them only about 80% as well as if you had focused on one at a time. And I'm pretty sure I can, though. I think it's a myth. I think I can multitask. <laughs> What is the test that they yeah. use to determine that? Oh, geez. Like, what are the tasks? Should have prepped. Oh, well, the examples they give are like uh, talking on the phone while driving a car or uh, carrying on a conversation with 
of someone who's running the test while you're also supposed to, you know, like press uh, right shift on this computer when you see the word black and white text, but press left shift or whatever task they do in studies like that. Uh, and they just measure your brain waves, and they found that literally, which is interesting, it's kind of it's the same as how a computer works that has multiple processors. Your gray matter gets allocated out. Like if you're doing two tasks at once, even if you, in retrospect, say I was doing both at once, I, I would say I was multitasking. I thought I was doing a pretty good job. They'll find out that literally half your brain matter was only lighting up when you were doing the one thing, and there was another region of your brain that was like taking the other thing. And if you had focused mm. on one, the whole thing coordinates. Yeah. And then they did efficiency studies, and they're like, if you focus on one thing at a time, you do them better. But I don't care. I got a lot of shit to do, and it I mean, feels I feel good. Like, <laughs> I feel like I could cook and talk on the phone fairly well, because I do that. I'll, like, right. I'll chop things and have a conversation and like keep an eye on multiple things at once. But I do get right. other things. I feel like there's probably levels to the things that you can do pretty efficiently and then the higher level tasks. Like, yeah, like if I had to like have a full on conversation and like respond to keyboard visual prompts, like, yeah, I, I probably may start fading, but I don't that's know. where I question it is the muscle yeah. memory stuff. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can pay full attention to someone on the phone and play Tetris because I play Tetris right. at this point in my life without thinking about it consciously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a really interesting like question of the specific tasks and like, because there's definitely like, I can definitely drive just as well while listening to music, probably maybe like 2% diminished while listening to a podcast. But right. if I'm like having to have a very serious, important conversation, like for work or for, you know, if, if I, it requires any of my attention, I do see it diminish a little bit. And then, I, I just noticed in the past week uh, that if I'm listening to a book on on a uh, audio, that takes a little bit more of my attention. I flip my car every time. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I it's it's very interesting. Do you sure. do the thing where if you get lost, you turn the volume down? It yeah. makes me feel like I'm more likely to find it, to realize where I am geographically in my car. Yeah, there was some. Probably I remember is. the first time I heard a stand-up say that as a joke. I was it like, "Killed me." That's tr I didn't know that he. That's true of everyone. I thought that was just me. What? Yeah, <laughs> and it right. was such a hack. Well, way. It's like you know, it's so funny. You're like you drive it. You, you know, you do this thing, right? You're, you're looking for a house. You're going to a dinner or something. You're looking for the address, and you're looking at the numbers. And then for some reason, you think turning down the radio <laughs> station. Turning down the radio station is going to help you find the numbers on the side of a house. Like, what the fuck is wrong with us? It's funny because it's true. It's, anyway. No, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, know. they've and done. I killed me. I don't know who did that bit. Louis C.K., sure you're canceled, Miles. <laughs> 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 but there's a study I remember hearing. I think I'm Radio Lab where they talked about how. Uh, and now, by the way, I'm closing my eyes to remember something so that. Uh, even more of an example of extra ironic not being able to if you're trying to remember the name of the show memory palace i hope that's it <laughs> <laughs> but i think maybe yeah turning down the radio underlines the fact that we can't it's like okay now you taking down the cpu usage of my ears mm -hmm. to divert more ram to visual because yeah. like to eye space but, memory is so different yeah than listening but the theory is that language is consciousness like consciousness and language are essentially the same thing and once we lose language we don't really have consciousness as much and so like or some form of like systemic communication that we have like an internal monologue and they've like done studies where it's like people lose self-awareness when there's like loud music or a loud sound or something playing where they can't he basically hear their internal monologue it was kind of mm. man kind of an interest that's an amazing way to look at like why we like to congregate and blast loud music and dance it literally gets you out of your head like neurophysically yeah. Yeah, physiologically exactly. that's so cool you stop yeah. existing yeah. as a shrooms help do that too <laughs> yeah yeah i've heard <laughs> get way out of my way out of my head <laughs> all right guys let's take a quick break we'll be right back And we're back. 
And uh, so hey, you guys is heard about the this economy, mud water stuff? Baby. Oh, <laughs> you seen you seen this? You heard this? You guys heard about this? No, mud this water? is what we did last time. We 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 brought something we were talking about during the break into uh, <laughs> the episode, and that ended up being the entire third act of yesterday. I episode. was like Miles. Do you know Manila what you're envelope. doing? <laughs> yeah, back at yeah. abort mission, man. <laughs> nope. All Stand right. by it. Briefly, mud water is. What you're drinking? No, right yeah. Now. What is mud water? Uh, uh, I uh, took a big old glug of my coffee on the break, and I just mentioned my girlfriend is on a really restrictive diet, is drinking a thing called mud water that is some kind of powdered, like ground up mushroom that you boil if you can't have caf- caffeinated coffee. And apparently, it uh, it is like a stimulant effect. I don't know what kind of mushroom it is. Obviously, it's not the one we are all hoping it would be. It's just like some right. kind of coffee analog that is fungus and coffee alternative. Yeah. And I think mud water consisting of organic mud ingredients, water. one seventh, the caffeine of coffee. Oh, okay. So it has trace amounts, but it's like within what she, her doctor said she's allowed to have. So it's like, uh, it. gross. That's all we were talking about. A gross boiled <laughs> well, mushroom tea. And we are just talking about, yeah, just how the great branding where it's like mud water. It's yeah. like, maybe not the best tasting thing if you like coffee, but Hey, we're being honest. Yeah, here, I feel like water. it's one step below diarrhea. Cup of mud, shroom juice. Yeah. There's like so many better things you could have called it than mud water. Yeah. Dirt cup. Cup of mud. <laughs> anyway, dirt, what's going dirt, on in the world? Dirt water. Uh, what is going on in the world? Uh, it seems like people think that we can get back to, quote, normal in May. Uh, yeah. At least Dr. Fauci and some White House people. Uh, Dr. Fauci has been sounding a little unfauci like yeah uh last few days i think maybe because in the beginning we were he was the person being like what was seemed like brutal honesty or just telling the science of the the matter uh, to the people during these briefings but like savannah guthrie asked him on the today show like if we were gonna have like a anything resembling like a normal summer and he said i hope that's the case savannah uh, determines it, but he said the the virus is going to determine the timetable, and that maybe the economy would re- open sooner rather than later. Now, to say that he hopes that we would have a normal summer is, I think, a little bit overly optimistic. I mean, I, I get that right now the numbers have been going down for like the projections of what they think the death toll is going to be, but that's also still based on us social distancing at least until August. Or at least a lot of those projections now. I mean, other things could change, but it seems a bit optimistic. Optimistic, right? I mean, there there was this uh, there's this curve that is uh, cases of coronavirus Western Europe versus the U.S. and it's basically the I, the same exact line, uh, the same exact shape of the line, except we're 15 days behind, maybe mm-hmm. a, a little bit less. Um, the deaths are probably like three weeks behind, but on the same exact curve. Um, so I'm just, I don't know what I, I could see this being a couple things. I could see it being him, you know, thinking hope doesn't hurt anything. If we just talk about the best case scenario, maybe, maybe that'll make it easier for people to get through this very difficult period. And maybe there's a one in a thousand shot that that does come true. And I could also see it uh, as with all uh, people who work in or or with for and around the president, uh, you're kind of managing the uh, whims of a, you know, baby tyrant. And so you're Mm -hmm. just trying to play whatever his game is and, you know, sooner that rather than later is a thing that Trump keeps saying. So maybe he's just trying to mimic him. Yeah, it's like he's trying to, um, you know, balance all the sides and strike some kind of Faucian bargain. Bomb drop. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out here. Wow. Show oh, no. over. Uh, wow. Where can people Faucian find you? <laughs> people can find me apologizing at the corner of 43rd Street in Maine. Um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I am worried about the, it does, it's tricky because I, I don't know. Fear is a palpable, tangible thing. And I, I believe in like the power of a disturbance in the force to cause problems. But at the same time, I don't know if you could be overly cautious. And I think a lot of, I still feel like a lot of people out there just want to be in 
denial and assume it will blow over is overblown. Even still to this day, I'm surprised. You know, there's people who are like defiantly going out. And if people are still going out and not self-quaring, then I guess we got to I think we should make it sound even more dire, right? Like, I don't think you need to exaggerate to, like, illuminate that this is a historically notable event. And, Jack, you said in the doc, like, what is normal? I agree. I think people are only starting to come to grips with the fact that, like, uh, actual aspects, it might be subtle or it might be extreme, but nuances of our life rhythms will probably never return to exactly the same. We will, this will be a historical event that changes. Like if we were still working at Cracks, Jack and I, in 10 years, we'd be writing articles about how this affected now pop cultures like this because of that. You know what I mean? This is going to be a pivot point for stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people are talking about whether handshaking is ever going to come back fully. I, I can't imagine a future where I will, uh, shake somebody a stranger's hand that I'm meeting for the first time without at least having something in the back of my head that's like yeah, do you really oh, <laughs> yeah it's the people who are like yeah I remember you, I lived through the bad times so I always have that in my head now right. yeah 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 it's like our grandparents or at least my grandparents I'm a little older than you guys but who grew up during the mm. depression were you know they they were forever affected by that yeah they never wanted to spend money and they never wanted to put their hey, money. My in. grandparents lived through the depression too, Jack. Okay. Uh, all right, man. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they also never trusted banks, which was damaging oh, hell yeah. to them. The thing with like a lot of the predictions too, Jim Cramer from mad money, the really greatest cool philosopher game show on about wall street. Um, he was, he's also like on his show being like, look at what Fauci's saying. Look at what the fed said with like, they're putting more money into the economy. He's like, he's like, it feels like, you know, may could be it may might be a, a reasonable month for things to kind of go back to quote unquote normal. But you know, like with 16 million plus people unemployed at this point, you know, with the last uh, report coming in on Thursday, you know, what are we? what the fuck could be normal? Are those jobs going to instantly come back? Like, are people going to immediately transition to life back to normal? Cause like when you look at Wuhan and the stories that are coming out now, as they quote unquote return to like what they call normal, people are still being told to wear masks for at least three months. Uh, People are like checking your like temperatures at certain before entering certain buildings. The only thing is like checkpoints are gone. So that's a little bit different, but still a lot of the people still have the same feelings of like, you know, I don't really want to go out still. I don't feel like it's the right time. My kids also like aren't sure if they're used to like they got used to learning from a computer this whole Mm -hmm. time. And now like they're going to have to go back and a lot of educators there are like, what's the best way to transition kids back to like whatever quote unquote normal pace of learning was. So there's still a lot like this whole idea, I think, is really odd but i think maybe it's just performative soothing for wall street also that's interesting about school kids because yeah i have a lot of uh because it's what you do in your mid-30s i have a lot of friends with elementary school aged children uh who are doing homeschooling now a lot of them find it very rewarding and like eye-opening to be a part of that of course there's also a huge stress component if you had to go back to a nine to five job you don't know how that would balance but people are just sharing that it's like amazing and if you're into sci-fi like me it's you've thought for a long time like there's there will probably be a time where educating humans as like a species becomes decentralized school is not an institution i expect to be structured the way it is forever uh especially because we never fix like even the current system in place we don't do a good job of so if everyone's kid could like Maybe it's dystopian and creepy, but I'm like, if everyone's kid could put a helmet on that educated them at home, I kind of right. think that would be fine. <laughs> Better than yeah, what I learned at school. Yeah. I mean, as long as there's yeah, other ways yeah. to have social interaction, I do think we need that. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's the other element to it. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So even with all this hope, I mean, again, like we said, even with the... Like, you know, it seems like luckily a lot of the social distancing measures are having a positive effect on what the, you know, prospective death toll is going to be. But still, it's, you know, 
sixty thousand plus. Oh yeah, and um, the people out of work, as you said, it's like now ten per- as of this recording, ten percent of America is unemployed. And uh, right. you'd like to think that it's easy go, easy come. Like I guess if everything's frozen because of X. And uh, then this happened. Maybe when X goes away, we can take it all back. But I don't, I don't know enough to yeah. know what that's going to look like. And I think normal also means we won't have to acknowledge what normal was. Like, you know, I feel like the right. longer this goes on, it's going to make, I don't know. I mean, the, the, there's so many ghouls in politics and in finance and things like that. But the idea that like, okay, we'll go back to normal. See, that was just kind of bad. That wasn't bad, right? We can ignore all the the disproportionate deaths of people of color who are were deemed essential workers or essential workers not being paid properly or having proper health care. We can go back to like normal and not really try and deal with any of the lessons we could actually learn with this. I think there's also a there's also like a motivation to to return to that normalcy as well. Oh yeah. Because normal was defunding the who and the CDC. So I don't I right. don't know if I want to roll that into normalcy. Yeah, what one thing that I mean we've been talking about how uh you know this whole experience underlines some of the flaws uh, that already existed in American culture and what one thing that I keep thinking about is you know people who's like they say that uh, a big part of the education gap that happens between lower income and uh, higher income students is during the summer when, uh, you know, kids are off school and, you know, the higher income kids' parents have time, have the money or time to, you know, focus on their education when they're off school, whereas uh, lower income parents are have to, you know, hustle to mm-hmm. uh, pay for things. So I, I feel like that's another uh, way that this is probably you know, underlining an existing problem and an existing inequality is, you know, parents who don't have the ability to just take a bunch of time to teach their kids uh, school yeah, uh, is, is probably uh, are at a, those kids are at a disadvantage. Oh yeah. We're, we're, we're like trying to strike while the iron is hot and get a puppy right now because this is the only conceivable time we could imagine potty training it because we'll be home often enough. Right. I can't imagine being like, right. I also would like to educate my child to a state of sufficiency. <laughs> that's, that's a big commitment, <laughs> right. man. I got other stuff yeah. I want to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to um, give me that helmet. Give well, me that kid helmet. <laughs> yeah, give me that learning helmet. <laughs> well, if there's one person we need to uh, enter into the mix... That would be uh, Martin Shkreli. I think big we, we all sigh. The big Shkreli. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants out of prison so he can cure uh, the coronavirus and COVID nineteen. Yeah, um, he. So he's not. Yeah. He's not even doing the thing where. Okay, if, if you don't remember Martin Shkreli, he bought like a one of one Wu Tang album that was like the most expensive thing. I'm ever. glad you didn't bury um, the lead because most people are upset about like the fraud. But I agree, fuck him for the Wu Tang thing. That's the Wu-Tang worst thing. Album. Oh, <laughs> that's right. He also would buy up uh, old patents that had expired on pharmaceutical drugs uh, that were tre- used to treat HIV AIDS, and then ra- like you know exponentially ramped up the price. But it's funny because that's not what he went to jail for. It's because he defrauded investors. It wasn't even no. Because- that was just capitalism. Yeah, yeah that was a that was an act that people in like the Wall Street Journal and Forbes were like, "This is actually just smart business, guys. Yeah. Like you guys need to fucking chill out." It's like, well, maybe your definition of smart business it's in this whole ghoulish. system is completely You're all ghouls. Well, yeah, because the definition is exploiting needy people. That's the distillation yeah. of all those things. It's, uh, yeah, oh, that's good business. You mean you exploited, you're exploiting a desperate, whatever. Anyway. It, we're not so saying it won't work, jail. you ghoul. <laughs> it's, that's not <laughs> <Exactly>. the issue. <laughs> Dude, look how, it's like, yeah, you get the, the, the success is sort of gauged by like how soulless you are. They're like, whoa, look how empty this motherfucker's eyes. <laughs> Are. <laughs> you can see the you can list. see the cha and the ching so clearly in his hollow stare. <laughs> so basically, so now he's not even asking to get out of prison because of the risk of COVID nineteen. He 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 said he's working with what he calls citizen scientists and other people in the industry to work. He on doesn't a cure. need the outside world. The outside world needs mm. him one hundred percent. 
This is what he says in his uh, letter. He says, I'm asking for a brief furlough of three months to assist in research work on COVID-19. Being released to the post-COVID world is no solace to even the incarcerated. As a successful two-time biopharma entrepreneur, having purchased multiple companies, invested in multiple drug candidates, filed numerous INDs and clinical trial applications. I am one of the few executives experienced in all aspects of drug development, from molecule creation and hypothesis generation to to preclinical assessments and clinical trial designs slash target engagement demonstration and manufacturing slash synthesis and global logistics and deployment of medicines. It's like the wildest run-on sentence uh, ever. But he's working with citizen scientists who are just hobbyists, I guess, not legit experts. But yeah, yeah. He sounds stay like in jail. he's, yeah. Sounds like he might be beaming up in there, man. That's a that's a lot. That was a hell of a run on sentence. Oh, that does sound that's, yeah. That does sound like a cocaine rant you hear like yeah, <laughs> yeah in like on your in in the line to a men's room at a nightclub like yeah dude like I'm one of the few I filed numerous INDs dude in clinical trial <laughs> applications. I'm one of the few executives experienced all aspects of drug development, molecule accumulation, hypothesis generation. <laughs> like okay 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 okay. Also, okay. I want to go to everyone incarcerated on nonviolent drug offenses and be like. You don't want to come out though, right? Because like a COVID world, that's no solace to the incarcerated. Right. No Martin solace said yet. you wouldn't right. even want out. All right, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. And then I, that he, his the thing he leads with, I've purchased multiple companies, is odd. I yeah. just think switch the process. If you want out, I, I like slide a paper through the bars or something with a with a diagram on it. Like contribute something. Be like I've contributed to fighting COVID. Right. <laughs> and then we'll still make you stay in jail, but maybe we could build a lab in the jail. Uh, yeah. I, but this guy's like such a longtime grifter. You have to assume it's just empty anyway. I'm sure pretty soon, right? Though I, I'd imagine there will be some kind of dark ass clinical trial on prisoners with COVID nineteen or something, where they'll be like, "Yeah, I don't know. Like we had a, a we tested this drug out. Yeah, that's the other thing. Unwitting. What's he gonna do if?" If he invents the vaccine first, he's immediately going to be like, yeah, we got it, guys. It costs $80,000 a shot. Martin Shkreli. <laughs> like, right, yeah. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the guy who we want to come up with the cure for sure. Maybe Fuck. he is so motivated by greed. He somehow pulls it off because in his mind it yeah. means freedom. So he does it and then whatever. He's a fucking Lex Luthor lightweight. So fuck him. All right. I'm going to let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, a story that just broke yesterday about Chris Johnson, who's one of the best running backs of the past 20 years in the NFL, uh, was was using some of his uh, earnings to fund a drug operation back where what? he was from in Orlando uh, and was targeted for murder uh, back in, I think, 2014, like, you know, years ago. Uh, and he was shot in the in the attempted murder and his friend was uh, killed. And so the two guys who he, he did not... Uh, cooperate at the time with police and then the two guys who were uh, believed to be the shooters in that case were murdered over the following two years so um the he's just been not charged but accused and i think is wanted in connection with those two murders and with paying a hitman to uh, kill the two guys uh and I don't know. I suspect that this is like, I don't know the people using their NFL earnings to invest in, you know, illegal drug operations or, you know, because NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. So it's less, uh, less secure than it should be. Uh, and also they can be injured and have their career ended like any game, any given Sunday, uh, to quote the, the, quote movie, the but, title uh, of anytime, the movie, they, but okay. anytime they go out Put there, Pacino. any given Sunday and your mother's ringing but, the dinner bell. Like every once in a while, a player will get pulled over with 300 pounds of pot. And you're like, there's gotta be more to that story than like, well, I think it's like anything, right? Partying really hard. Whatever you're used to doing, 
as you get more wealthy, chances are you will continue to do whatever whatever your bad habits are, maybe just at a higher level because you have more money than now to do increase it to invest but in see, your bad habits. I no think matter that's what, what it is. people assume because like, yeah, I've never meditated on those stories very long, but when they come across my brain, I'm always just like, that's silly. That's a lot of weed to have purchased. Ha ha. Wow. He must be so rich that he just doesn't give a fuck and has a lot of weed or was going to a party. And what Jack points out is no, it's way more realistic that he was getting into dealing or was a dealer. I'm like, oh yeah, right. that probably explains so, that those stories. I wanted to ask real quick though, as like a sports uh, sports neuramus or something, Jack, is that different than other? You said NFL contracts aren't guaranteed and they can their careers can end with any injury. Isn't that true of all athletics or no? No, NBA is guaranteed contract. It, you can sign a seventy million five year deal and then you know oh, break whoa. your leg on the next one and just not, yeah. In the next game and get still get paid your. I have a new I childhood think. dream. <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> late, sign but we're gonna to work go really up. hard, sign the contract, break my leg, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, there there should be incentives built in, but I, football sure. players in particular don't uh, have have a great situation. They're, you know, basically sacrificing their bodies for America's entertainment and uh, end yeah. up and a lot of times specifically their really head awful. more than any other sport. So, yeah. 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 Their brains, their ability to, you know, exist as functioning I mean, humans. That could be another reason why the risk taking is probably more could be more prevalent, too, because you're like, bro, I don't know. Like, I there's already a timer yeah, exactly. on my body the second I enter the league. And like, no, I think I, so. Yeah. I think the average fan looks at these stories and is like, that's so stupid. Why can't you just be happy with your huge paycheck? But it seems to happen over and over again. There's got to be something systemic going wrong, you know, like that these people feel like they have to invest uh, their money in something that's illegal and that, you know, puts their life in danger. I guess that's basically the same as playing football. You're, uh, getting your money from something that puts your life in danger. Um, but anyways, Chris Johnson was a really great player, and you know we'll, we'll obviously be following that story, but yeah. it's really sad. So we, we mentioned on yesterday's trending episode that we're looking for a movie to club, basically a, a rewatch movie or TV show or, or mm-hmm. TV episode maybe. Yeah. So Vulture's doing it. They're watching Parasite uh, tonight, and then they're going to kind of write about it and, you know, I- interact with their fans. I'm just wondering, should that be the movie we club? Should we, so we uh, won't do that. watch Parasite? Uh, is that the one with Jared Leto? Because Jared Leto's doing a Parasite screening. No shit. <laughs> no, he just... So Parasite, Parasite just became available for screening, right. I think, today. Okay, so well, just because of the choir, so, uh, there's tons of screenings, and I'm just clued into them, so I will throw out. Taika Waititi, as of today, this recording said uh, he's going to be doing Marvel's Thor Ragnarok with him doing commentary. That's coming up. And uh, oh, I uh, work for IGN now, as you know, and we have Watch From Home Theater every Wednesday afternoon. And they've been getting really good people. Like, they got Lee Winnell for Invisible Man. And then they got uh, Greg Nicotero for Night of the Living Dead. We just did Bad Boys. And uh, I think they're talking to the voice of Goofy from the Goofy movie to do the Goofy movie, potentially. For Bad Boys? No, 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 no. Oh. It'll be going and yeah. going and that going. makes more sense. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> if you're, like, not uh-huh. aware that a bunch of famous people are watching movies and talking about them and you can just go to twitch or youtube or whatever that's it's cool it's happening a lot right now i'm thinking more like finding the right movie that is like in the zeitgeist that Mm. we could spend a whole movie talking about and tie in some of the movies from the zeitgeist and i asked for Mm. recommendations zeitgang hit me up with some recommendations but i think parasite's a good recommendation or a good candidate i think jaws is a good candidate what do you think miles yeah I only say let's just not do what Vulture does because they're <laughs> who knows how similar ours is going to look to theirs. Just for some inside baseball, yeah. Maybe what we should do is have a Twitter poll with a few options and see, you know, something. Let, let the let the Zeitgang decide. So now I'm realizing yeah. you meant for you guys to th- stream. 
And I'm sorry, I completely like de-promoed your thing. No, I was like, no, no, no look no. at these I other think, ones, I, you guys. <laughs> no, but that's no, that definitely sucks. something that that's sucks. happening. No, like, <laughs> check out. You can I was get like, real famous, famous people, people are doing this too. I don't know if you know. You can just Google it. <laughs> yeah, Spielberg's well, going to talk about We're not going to be live streaming, but I just want like, I, I think it would be fun to do maybe one episode a week where that's nice. kind of a rewatch about something that our, our listeners can check out with us and then... Uh, I don't know. That's something I've been enjoying with some of uh some of the podcasts. Yeah, I I'd love to. See. So maybe it should be something that we can find on YouTube. So there's yeah, no there's no barrier to entry. Yeah, it should be something that like you can stream somewhere. Like Jaws was on my list, but then Jaws is not really streamable anywhere. You have to like pay. Isn't money the to CBS watch it. Sunday Night Movie coming back? Is it really? Yeah, I think it's like coming back with like Raiders of the Lost Ark. They're doing like they're bringing that whole format back. Oh, that's yeah. fucking dope. Yeah, Raiders. I I think Raiders might be on Netflix. Hey, Raider Nation. I just saw Raiders uh pop up somewhere on a screening on one of the screaming platforms. Uh Which one, so, Jamarcus Russell? Jamarcus mm-hmm. Russell and uh <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I can't pull anyone. <laughs> Parasite would be good. I would love to see you guys tackle Brazil. I feel like with your your vibes in this Brazil? show, yeah, I think Brazil would be good. Or yeah, or Snow like Post Apocalypse, Snowpiercer yeah, would, might be would good be for good. you guys. Those are my two regs. Ooh, Snowpiercer. If you're not going to do cheaper by the dozen, too. Very good. Snowpiercer or Brazil. <laughs> How about well, obviously Snow dogs we're going to do cheaper by the dozen at some point, but um, yeah, Snowpiercer. They have a TV show version oh, coming out. Right. That's cool. Yeah. It feels like uh, it's a really good movie that could be a great video game and a great TV show. Yeah. Anyways, should we talk about quarantine activities? Miles, you you had uh, a new one to recommend. Just getting in touch with, uh, I I wrote eating like your ancestors, but I'm just thinking, you know, a lot of people descend from immigrants or have connections to other countries. uh, And based on, you know, the evolution of our consumer culture, Probably came from humble beginnings, uh, where our you know grandparents weren't exactly postmatesing fucking umami burger. So I started like cooking a lot more like Japanese food that uh, like my grandmother would make back like way back when she was younger, and I realized like a this food is usually very cheap to make uh, and really good, and it's like it it stores well typically. And you can like the slow nature of making it like really allows you to sort of have patience while you cook it and just kind of renewed interest sort of uh, in any culture or whatever. But I think like, you know, a lot of us come from backgrounds where there's a lot of cabbage being eaten or potatoes or mushrooms, whatever, just, you know, whatever it is. But I I have a feeling looking back at your own, you know, traditional food has been a nice. We get it. Jack's Irish. (laughs) No, in Japan, oh, okay. we eat a lot of cabbage. Cabbage and potatoes. <laughs> if you didn't and put it in the beef. terms of uh, cabbage, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't cabbage have totally O'Brien, baby. Out, but thank you for including cabbage. Yeah. Cabbage. <laughs> as they call me. We should sell this as the 23andMe diet and, uh, you know, Ooh, get, get it sponsored. Imagine a no, service yeah, yeah. where it's you do the 23andMe thing and then it auto enrolls you in like an ingredients box. In a meal kit. Where yeah. you get to know your ancestral roots through cuisine. That's cool. That guilts you for cultural erasure. <laughs> Doesn't Twenty Three and Me uh, also like tell you that you're like caffeine sensitive or whatever? Oh. Uh, I think you, you can like different you can things. Tick that box if you want. Yeah. Or a lot of those DNA yeah. tests, like, hey, you also want to get fucking freaked out by some mm. medical shit? We can tell you, right? You have a heart <laughs> unspecified yeah, um, heart problem. We'll tell you more for a hundred dollars. Bad. <laughs> Would you bad like to ticker. know more? As of right now, we'll just tell <laughs> you. Bad ticker. I've just been watching old sporting events, and it's it's like a methadone, but I still enjoy it. Uh, mm. I actually really like watching old basketball games uh, with people I care like LeBron James, Game Six, Spurs Heat, uh, that, which is a great game. Also, like weirdly revealed to me that lebron james has gotten better since he was like in the prime of his career he's like now better you can just like see it that he is like the game just 
comes naturally. He's like yeah. learned so many things. Seeing and he's the matrix, like not diminish, diminish. Have you been watching Jack yeah, any of the? Cool. Uh, are you aware a lot of pro athletes are continuing the seasons through video games? You hear about okay? Yeah, yeah like I they did. Na- a bunch of NASCAR drivers did a racing game with the full on announcers and like an edited pre and post show and everything. It was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. Oh yeah, they've been playing a lot of 2K yeah. in the NBA and I know like the in Europe they're trying to get more people to play like FIFA and stuff. I feel like honestly like I guess that's the next thing is like all right, well v- I guess virtually. Yeah, and they like be- throw some graphics package on it and they pretend like it's a real sport. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine how addictive it would be to be an active NBA player it, because they all play mm-hmm. NBA 2K. Like they all right. play those games and like against each other and like yeah. you are making your own player yeah. like yourself in the game like, i wonder as if, as possible. if there's anyone like with a, a huge swing like a terrible player who dominates at 2k or a great player who's like i don't right, understand right. why i can't do this it's like yeah. the worst he's <laughs> just constantly losing money at it kevin durant was playing and there are people being like critical of how he was playing he's like, this like, is a different it's skill like, it's like, dude, yeah. <laughs> It's a yeah. fucking video game, dude. Like, don't be get pissed right. off because, like, you know, guess what? He's actually a fucking gifted IRL <laughs> basketball player. Yeah. Michael, do you have any Quarax quarantine activities Absolutely. that you want to recommend? Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know how genuine it is to recommend because you have to be in a unique set of circumstances, which I am. But because I work at IGN now, I got access to a home VR headset, which uh, you can buy, obviously, but they're still pretty pricey. And I, cause I had to ditch a bunch of my furniture in the move. I have a big open room with nothing in it. So I can do, oh, I've been playing full motion VR, like I, with the valve index, like I can run around the room with the headset on and you know, there's like a wireframe. So you won't hit the edge. It knows where you are in the space. It tracks your fingers. So it's like, everything's just very organic and VR is just like, Blowing my mind. It's insane. Half-Life Alex is nuts. So where are you Holy going shit. with that? Where what 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 worlds oh, are you in? Well, there's this one called uh okay, I'll give you three examples. Half-Life Alex is the big triple A game that's finally come to VR that everyone hopes will like push it as a thing that right. normal gamers buy for their home. And I think it will. It it basically crystallizes what you can do in VR and it showcases all the best parts. So that's like your standard answer. Then I also have been doing a lot of Nature Treks VR, which is a spot where you literally, uh, uh, an app where there's just like 10 beautifully rendered places. My favorite is like uh. Scottish Highlands with an old windmill and it's like pouring rain and you control the lighting, the weather and the soundscape. And then it plays like, uh, it plays guided oh meditations God. and it rules. Oh <laughs> and then the third God. one is, hmm. Wait, is it photorealistic or does it look like a really well rendered video game? game. So you still, I'm still an early adopter in that I can see the potential of like very soon VR will be even better than this. But you know, it's still exciting. Right. And then the last one, I mean, there's a lot of games I enjoy, but the third I'll mention is I highly recommend anyone with a VR headset does this. It's more of an art project than a game, but uh, they made a simulation of what an ayahuasca trip is supposed to be like. And it's like, really? it's like That's a 15 minute so experience and it blows my mind. And even though it's the same every time, because it's not a game, it's just a trip go washes over you. I've done it like 18 right. times. It's so awesome. And you don't vomit. <laughs> yeah. That's literally like the, and you should check it out. It's called ayahuasca. You yeah. Will make a little, uh, if, mud water. If you got a VR headset, look up saying. ayahuasca. Super fun. Yeah. Don't you shit your pants with ayahuasca too? Yeah, it starts with you sitting down with like real video of a Central American shaman dude and he feeds you the thing and you start to vomit and then a crazy VR trip unfolds. (laughs) That's so cool. This feels like the actual like version of uh, the video on Infinite Jest, if anybody's read that, like where people, the video is so good that people just can't stand up. They just like find you in your chair, like having pissed and shit yourself for like the last two weeks, like not being able to feed yourself because the video is so good. Anyways, that's where we're headed. Mm. Uh, Michael, 
It has been a pleasure, uh, as always, having you, you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you and follow uh, me you? Me specifically, I'm most active on Twitter at Swaim underscore Corp, but I also run a podcasting and sketch network called Small Beans, and we hope and pray and wish that you would check us out over at patreon.com slash smallbeans. Very, Thank very you, man. Good. That means a lot coming from you. Check, check, mm-hmm. check. Check it out. Uh, and is there a tweet? Oh you've yeah, been or some other word? Let me scroll media, up whatever. here. I put it in the doc. Oh yeah, I don't know this. I I follow him now, so this was my first introductory tweet of his. But Tom Car Emoji Parking, whose handle on Twitter is at Kyle Gun Emoji. It's a little confusing, but I really liked this tweet. Uh, <laughs> attention, we have now transitioned from late-stage capitalism to end-stage capitalism. That's right, end-stage capitalism. Only six or seven more stages until the workers rise up. <laughs> and I just like especially how it's phrased Fuck. as if a hacky stand-up comedian were delivering it. That's right, that's, <laughs> that's right. End-stage right, <laughs> capitalism. Only six or more seven stages till the uh, you heard about this. The End workers stage? rise up. Yeah, <laughs> I like imagining Johnny Carson delivering it. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, we're fucked. Uh, Miles, where can people find? Where can people find you and follow you? Oh man, uh, you can find me. Follow me Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, PlayStation Network and my other show, Four Twenty Day Beyonce. A tweet that i like is from reductress it has a teenaged woman with her arms crossed and it says why zoom class is just like real school except impossible and i am high (laughs) (laughs) some tweets i've been enjoying uh witch king at pillow knife uh was one of our guests at the uh San Francisco show a couple years ago, or what she had a uh, overrated, underrated we did on stage. But uh, she said, I thought the cat buttholes were an unintentional but inevitable consequence of topology and twink and linked off to this uh, Wikipedia page called the Harry Balloon Theorem. And basically, there's like a theory or like a, a mathematical proof that you can't have a hairy ball where all the hair is combed in the same direction without there being a cowlick, which uh, I I went down that hole and uh, was reading about that for entirely hmm. too many hours. But uh, hair what about ball theory. Couldn't uh, all the hairs stick straight out equidistantly like a fro? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, could, it could do that. You couldn't comb oh, it I in see. the same direction. It couldn't have... They had to test to prove that. Like, can't you just imagine a hairy ball and be like, yeah, you couldn't. Obviously, the part's got to go somewhere. I I found it interesting. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm sorry. I, most people come (laughs) in with hot takes. I'm very pleasant. And then I ruin the ending. (laughs) Yeah. You remove hot takes. You remove the heat from takes. Abum at Adam Brood tweeted, religion, you're a piece of shit. Me for 30 years. What a powerful message of love. And then Inverted Vibe Curve tweeted, suddenly you snap out of it. It's 2006. Danny California is up next on Winamp and the futon smells of dominoes. You learned an important lesson. Never pack Master Chief, your friend's four-foot-tall Pyrex bong with BC mids and 40X salvia extract ever again. Thank God it's over. Slice of life tweet. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what's it going to be today? Yeah, let's go out on a track, uh, like an older Most Deaf track called If You Can Huh, You Can Hear. Uh, Great little sample, like organ sample beat with, I don't know. I mean, just uh, like the old raucous records days. I feel like I just want to put on a Yankee hat. Simpler times. That's a great, great piece of uh, parenting right there. Huh? If you can huh, you can hear. If you can huh, you can hear. It doesn't, doesn't actually make sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, saying yeah. "huh" does not imply at all that you were able to hear what the person well, said. Maybe you that you could not comprehend doesn't imply comprehension. Right.
It does That's imply, right. yes, you heard something, so I guess very narrowly, mm-hmm. but then I would press back on the parent and say like, wait, well, yeah, but that, that actually doesn't indicate comprehension, dad. So try another angle, Jack. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite show. That is going to do it for this episode. We're going to be back this afternoon to tell you uh, about what's trending, and we will talk to you then. Bye. 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 Something tight coming through the pipe What? You heard the first time The rhyme is designed to apply Throughout space and time yeah. You don't believe that the air you're my man huh? Something tight coming on you right What? You heard the first time The rhyme is designed to apply I hold a phone to shine yeah. If you can harm, you can hear If you can harm, you can hear We in your atmosphere Shine like black gold Burn like black coal, make a old timer roll up his sleeves. That that's cold. Behold, the one that only his blessed my testimony approach the ceremony, authentic, never phony for death, but never lonely.